0: Australian Broadcast Radio A Centenary Celebration Hello everyone Today is November 2nd and we mark our 2nd of 23 interviews today with our special guest, David Wiltshire David Wiltshire is the current manager of River 949 in the South Queensland area. With decades of managerial experience all over Australia he continues to foster positive productive and successful workplaces Today, I sit with David and hear what he has to say about radio's history and his own here's what he had to say so i'm here with david wiltshire who's the general manager of river 949 back in um, home territory as it were near old good boona town and i asked david well first off good afternoon good afternoon Stuart. nice uh, (laughs) nice to see you (laughs) thank you thank you i want to ask a few questions for you here mate for example so river 949 broadcasts to quite a large area including my hometown of boon and you know areas like the scenic kareem or the greater brisbane area for example do you find that you have a difficult time sort of juggling the expectations or sort of the ideas of those different demographics? They seem like kind of different listeners, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting question because it is a very vast area. Mm. And our licensed area here at River 949 covers, yes, to west of Brisbane, right through the scenic rim, all of Ipswich, Springfield, and to the foot of about Toowoomba. Yeah, right so very vast but also very diverse yes and yes we do have a lot of different demographics and different people in that area sure. so what we do at a radio station like ours is just apply some radio fundamentals okay and what I mean by that is if you are talking about uh, music policy we have we play songs on our station as opposed to a talkback station yeah and so the music research that we do and the music policy we adapt Is very broad. It's for everyone, so we make sure that we're not just playing country music for farmers, for example, and then you know urban hits for Brisbane people. Top one hundred kind of correct, yeah. yeah. So so our music is very broad and and very uh, commercial in terms of uh, just trying to attract as many people as possible, and that also goes for all the content that our announcers uh, will talk about on air, our news, our information, our advertising. The only time that really changes is when we're doing emergency broadcasting
0: yeah of course
1: and there as you appreciate there will be uh, times when we need to give specific information to certain areas and certain people makes sense. yes it could be very important for them so in that situation we sort of find that our listeners are very uh helpful that as well Mm. so if they spot something or see something in a certain area that can help people out they're happy to do that excellent but in the main because we have such a diverse uh, demographic and, and vast area we're very broad with our programming.
0: Yeah, okay, excellent. Well, yeah. Speaking, of, speaking of broad, I wanna say you've had a you've had a long sort of documented history, uh, as far as we've spoken back, as far as 2004, as far as I've seen, possibly even longer. Did you find that you've had to, especially with these different areas, adapt to a lot of different trends that you might've seen, especially sort of going back as far as that, I was only a young lad at yeah. that point. The rise of like internet marketing or the use of like digital devices, has that influenced how you sort of manage River Nine Four Nine? Did it manage? Uh, how you managed other things in the past? How has that work? Yes, absolutely.
1: So mm. my career actually goes back to 1984, right. which I mean. so fair enough. I, I started off as a radio announcer sure. uh, in Tassie. So when I started uh, as an announcer, we were still using and playing uh, vinyl records, mm. and we're using tape yes. and what we call cartridges. Mm. Um, and so it was it was. Uh, a way of presenting a radio program that they'd been doing since the sort of 30s and 40s. Mm. So when I started, that's how I learned. And then very rapidly, technology started to come in. Mm. So I ended up, before I knew it, pressing buttons on a screen.
0: Yeah, it must have been a difficult uh, sort of period to adapt to. I it guess. was very exciting, to tell
1: you the truth, but it was difficult for a lot of people, yeah, especially the older guard, Yes. because what astounded us at the time was, first of all, CDs would come in, and then all of a sudden, uh, there's no more vinyl, no more scratchy records. That amazed all of us. <laughs> and then you would have no more commercials in the studio on carts. Yeah, Everything yeah. would be on the screen. So it was wonderful technology. And now at radio stations, all the programming is basically on a computer system, yep. like Zeta, a playout system. Yep. And Zeta will stop. You talk, and then you know you, you press the button, it starts <laughs> again. Everything's done for you. So yes, we've we have i have had to personally adapt all of those years with with that technology. On the other side of the radio station, the business side, there's always some different principles for how to sell radio the best way but there's a lot of fundamentals there as well. You
0: know? Yeah, I, I, get what, I get what you mean, the fundamentals. I feel like having that grasp of it, I feel like even amongst the different technologies, those fundamentals sort of never really change, I think. Absolutely, yeah, so and they all still work. Well, exactly, thankfully, exactly, thankfully. exactly. And uh, I mentioned before, you've got a history 1984 instead of 2005, yeah, I yeah. should have said. Um, you've worked in a few different capacities, obviously, you've worked with things like, uh, places like Southern Cross Stereo and the Bauer Media Group, for example, and with ARN currently. Do you find, uh, mostly in a managerial position as well. Do you find that you've had a fairly consistent experience amongst the sort of industry? So obviously that's what, nearly 40 years. In those managerial positions, they sound the same on paper, but obviously has that changed over time? Yeah, it definitely has.
1: Mm. Uh, And so going way back again to when I first started, management styles back then at a radio station were as they were for like the 30 years previous to that. It was very much, you know, their way or the highway. Yes. And there was a lot of very bad radio managers around. Really? A lot of very good ones as well. Yes. So it's changed to the extent now where a successful manager of a radio station Is very inclusive, very understanding, very adaptable, uh, helping people out with their careers now and not just screaming at people and do what I say. Yes, it's not just a sort of
0: man (laughs) who stands above the floor and points, you do this. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's not like that anymore, thankfully.
1: (laughs) So, a successful radio station also needs a manager, in my opinion, Hmm. that is understanding of all the various departments. So, at a radio station like a commercial operation like we are, we will have lots of different departments so we've got announcers who are different personalities to the sales people yeah. who are different personalities to our technical people and our creative people that do the ads and then all the administration people and the scheduling people and then we've got you know receptionists and all the other people in the building
0: we all, that makes up a business that's <laughs> right exactly so we're all
1: working for that same goal yeah but there's just different personalities that you need to manage and bring together as well of course. And I think the mark of a good manager in our industry is someone that can sort of understand all those different departments and different roles and sort of direct everyone to the same goal yeah
0: well, was it tough I saw you with you've been a sales manager a few times did you yeah. find it to be a tough transition from sales to general
1: yeah, yeah, it was interesting because I, because I had the announcer background as well. It was helpful. True. Yeah, so that that was good. But fundamentally, the radio station is all about you know making money. Isn't it? Yes. So and, and 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 there's an understanding in radio that uh, revenue follows ratings. Yeah, of course. Of Basically, course. You, you you do well on air, and the revenue will follow. Hmm. So if I have a feed in both camps and have an understanding of how both of those departments work well, I think that goes a long way to making a successful station i think it's
0: wise words indeed well considering all that that, those are storied answers and i appreciate that (laughs) considering that i'll ask you what i've asked everyone else in that using your history especially as you know a manager position which might not be something everyone always thinks about when it comes to radio what would you say about your history in radio that you think could be used to look forward and maybe foresee the future of radio
1: yeah so i think and having been in the industry for a long time and a fan of the industry as well, there's a few things that this medium does and has always done Mm. that still hold true to this day and still make it successful. And what I mean by that is over the history of radio, there has been a lot of competition coming. Of course. So originally it was, you know, TV was going to kill radio, (laughs) and it never did. Then it was in cars you could have an eight track in your car and oh, play yeah. your own songs mm. why the hell would you listen to radio <laughs> we survived exactly. then cassettes then cds and then mp3 players and then we've had streaming we've had oh, podcasting. we've had every possible uh competition you can imagine sure. but still we're resilient and that's the great thing about this industry mm. we are resilient and we have uh been able to still be successful in 2023, just like we were back in the 20s and 30s when we first started. And I think it's unique with an audio product. There's something about audio that's a bit magical. And what I mean by that is, uh, we talk to a lot of our clients about their commercials and the power of theater of the mind. Exactly. so if you you might be a, a, a tile merchant for example sure. you can have a great print ad or, a, or, a, or an online ad or even a tv ad showing exactly what you sell mm. but it's not as powerful as if you can create a radio ad that lets people imagine what you have yes. because i know i need tiles for my bathroom and if i hear your ad and it's done well i can actually see your tiles in my bathroom as opposed to ah there they are right in front of me on your TV ad
0: exactly well I think there's a certain tile ad that everyone's probably really familiar with um, that I think we all think of especially when you sort of bring that example up and I think you've hit it on the head in saying that obviously people can imagine that the theater of the mind you can imagine exactly what that certain gentleman might be talking about exactly. in that certain ad that i probably can't mention for legal reasons exactly
1: <laughs> and it becomes really powerful and if you do it properly it's really powerful but that goes also for our music music conjures up memories and emotions like you wouldn't believe of course you can hear an old song and go i know exactly where i where i was when i first heard that or it, or it evokes a memory and print a uh, print and Vision doesn't seem to do the same thing. Mm. And I think that's why we've been resilient and successful and we will continue to, to do so mm.
0: down the track. Excellent. Well, David, that's been comprehensive. Thank you so much for Pleasure. having me. I really Pleasure, appreciate Stuart. that. No problems at all. Thank you. I want to thank David for talking to me today and being a part of radio history. Tomorrow, we continue our journey and learn the history of Australian broadcast radio. Until then, my name is Stuart Crichton. Thank you all for listening.